Good evening. We just to remind you that in two weeks' time, Be'ez Hashem, there will not be a share because to have a share in the winter holidays is tantamount to total sacrilege. So we will unfortunately not have share, mainly because I can't promise I'll be here. But otherwise, uh, I think we really need a bit of a break. And then we'll continue again in four weeks' time. I do have to finish a drop early because one of our regular members is marrying up a grand daughter today. So uh, it's going to take me half an hour to get there and I need to speak as well, so I'm going to have to finish dro- drop early. With that wonderful introduction, let's get straight down to work. We are in the middle of discussing the halachas of refuah, the halachas of how to allow oneself, or when one is allowed to allow oneself some measure of medication or whatever it may be to help heal ailments, etc. Now, in the previous year we discussed the different levels of illnesses. We'll just run through them again, and then we'll go on to the, the most common, which is almost no ailment at all, just the mechash ba'almat. So we discussed if somebody is chasushon in a situation of sakonos nefoshis, then everything is permitted. A, a Jew or non-Jew is permitted to do any melacha for them. Uh, you don't need to ask. On the contrary, you may not ask a non-Jew. You must do it yourself. Uh, we pass them that you've got to do it yourself because the non-Jew doesn't have the same urgency as a Jew would have, and therefore one uh, really has to make sure that this unwell person has received every bit of medication and help that they possibly can. And that's the Chayla Masukhin. If a person is a Chayla Masukhin, but it's not immediate, means, meaning that the necessity for that person to receive, to take medication or receive some sort of medical intervention is not immediate. You've got an hour to play with, or two hours to play with, or three hours to play with, which can happen quite often in, in, in certain scenarios, not in a heart attack or something like that, that's the clock never straight away. But if somebody has severed a, a finger, which is also because nefesh, but not immediate, then we allow you to ask a non-Jew, it's preferable to ask a non-Jew to do the malacha, etc. If, however, there's no non-Jew, and you're the only, the only person around who can actually help this person, then all malachas are pushed aside, and you have to do whatever you can to save this person. We then move on from there to a chayli kalaguf, and the chayli kalaguf is somebody who is ill, meaning he's completely ill, he's not in, a, in any sense of danger, he's completely ill, he's perhaps, uh, I wouldn't say bedridden, but bedridden would be an example of somebody who's chayli kalaguf, but somebody who the whole body feels physically unwell, somebody who has the flu, the whole body feels unwell, uh, somebody who, who, who has some sort of condition that makes the person physically weak, that's called a chayli kalaguf. Now, a lot of a chayli kalaguf is that any refuah is permitted, you can take any type of medication or any exercise etc. that's necessary for refuah. You're allowed to ask a non-Jew to do any type of malacha, a malacha de raisa or malacha de rabon, and it doesn't make any difference. A non-Jew can do a malacha for you, for a person who's a chayli kalaguf, and that's why anybody who's in hospital would be in a category, a minimum category of chayli kalaguf. We hopefully they are not in a higher category of chayli masukan. If you're in hospital, you can be assumed that today they don't want you in hospital. If a person has been admitted to hospital, it's not because they fancy making money on you. Uh, you're costing them money and they don't want you there. So you're only there because they consider you a chayli kalaguf. If you're a chayli in a hospital, you can ask any nurse or any non-Jew to do whatever you need. Put your bed up, put your bed down, switch your light on, switch your light off, uh, make your cup of coffee, whatever you, you fancy, you can ask a non-Jew to do. When a person is a chayli everything is permitted via a non-Jew. However, for a Jew to do malacha, that's only permitted for a Jew to do a malacha drabbanon, and preferably with a shinui. We try to avoid even with a non-shinui, preferably only with a shinui, a malacha drabbanon, preferably with a shinui. One can't do the malacha with a shinui, then one can, with the evad, one can allow the Jew to do a malacha without a shinui. So a chayli kalaguf, which is probably the most common chayli that we come across, a chayli kalaguf is permitted 
via a non-Jew any malacha. So we explained if you have a chayde kalaguf and you need to get some medicine from a chemist, you can send the non-Jew to get the medicine, um, even if it means carrying the medicine back to Rosh Hashanah, that's perfectly permitted. It's permitted to ask a non-Jew to do any malacha. What's not permitted is to ask a Jew to do any malacha. But a Jew can do a malacha drabonon, ideally with a shinuk, but you have it even without a shinuk. Included in that category of chayde kalaguf is what we call a, 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 a sakonas eva. This is somebody who's not in any illness, doesn't have any physical illness, healthy, perfectly healthy person, but there's a sakona, there's a danger to a limb. A limb can be a finger, there's many limbs in the, in, in the body of a person, a limb can be an eardrum. Any part of the body is now at risk of p- permanent damage if we don't intervene as soon as we can. Then the halacha there is that a non-Jew can be asked to do any malacha again. Any non-Jew can ask to do any malacha. And, and an, uh, a Jew can, can, is allowed to do an isidra bonon even without a shinui. So it's a slightly better level than a choli kalaguf. To save a limb, we allow a Jew to do any malacha, drabonon, not drabonon, any malacha, drabonon, but we don't even ask him to make a, a shinui to do any change. The, whereas in the choli kalaguf, we suggested that if you can, preferably do the malacha in an unusual way, which is what Hatsala would do. They came to a, they came to a call, and when they got there, they realized it's not a sakonis nefoshis, but it's a choli kalaguf. And they would either ask the non-Jew to do all the malachim for them, if the non-Jew is there, or else they would do everything kalachiyad. They would press all the machinery kalachiyad, and take all the specs kalachiyad. Everything would be done kalachiyad, and they're trained. But we train them on to, to how to activate all the machinery and all the different parts of their kit kalachiyad. Because if most times when a when hatzolah will turn up at a, at a, at a call, you will, they will probably find there's only maximum machalikalikalikal. They have chalimusukin as well, but and they saved many, many lives, but the bulk of the calls end up being a chayli kalaguf and not much more than that. So for Shabbos, they have to be trained on how to do all the malachas without transgressing anything, only doing an isidra bonon. And ideally we do it with a shinui, but if it's a sakonis eva, then we allow them to do a drabonon without a shinui at all. Going down from that is somebody who's has in a, a serious amount of pain, but he's not a chayli kalaguf. So he has a lot of pain, but he's not a chayli kalaguf. If he's not in, if he's not, if, if, if the pain is severe enough that he really feels debilitated, then you can assume he's in the category of Chodikalagov. But we're talking about somebody whose pain is not in the category, it's not so severe that it debilitates them, and therefore I can't slot him into the category of Chodikalagov. Then he's in the category of a mixed-ass Chodik. He's not a, a completely unwell person, but he's partially unwell. If he's partially unwell, then one's allowed to ask a non-Jew to do an Isidra Bonon. He can ask a non-Jew to do an Isidra Bonon so that he, he the partial feeling of being unwell can be alleviated but he can't do a malacha derisa for him and he can't do any malacha that means a Jew can't do any malacha at all and he's not even allowed to take medication so it does make matters a bit complicated if a person is a mixed chayli the lowest level is somebody who's not even a mixed chayli he just has an ache uh, something which is annoying him irritating him an ache and a pain uh, a slight headache a slight earache a slight, something slight pain, where there there's absolutely no hesitation to do anything with Shabbos to allow, to alleviate some of that discomfort. So those are the, the different levels which we discussed in the previous year, and one has to keep those at the forefront of our mind, because we will be discussing each one in, in detail, what we'd like to discuss today is somebody who is perfectly and utterly healthy. This is the bulk and the primary uh, questions that you're going to be getting on Shabbos. Somebody perfectly healthy, absolutely fine, but has a pain, a discomfort, something which is annoying them, something which they would love to be able to alleviate. What can they do? Are they allowed to do anything? Is there anything that you can do? 
can one take medication, can one not? We've already discussed that if you're in the category of just mechush vialma, then medication is not permitted. So what can one do, what can one not do? So let's run through a little bit of the background. We mentioned this in the previous year, and then we'll go through some more detail. Uh, if you remember, we discussed that the Gemara tells us that a behemoth shachzase dam, or a person shachzase dam, which probably means uh, an animal that has a slight temperature, or a man that has slight temperature, not ill, just shachzase dam, maybe. In those days, in those days, bloodletting was a very good method of healing. So shachzase dam. I'm not quite sure exactly what the condition is, but some sort of condition that doesn't make the person or the animal ill, but it's uncomfortable and needs alleviating. So the Gemara tells us that when it comes to the animal, it's, you're not allowed to put the animal inside a river or water in order to alleviate the, the pain, because that's quite clear that you're doing that for the purpose of healing. But the man is allowed to go into the water to cool himself down, because men go into water, men means human beings, go into water not only for medical reasons, when they go into the water because they want to cool themselves down. It's a pastime. Swimming is a very big pastime. It's, it's, you know, lots of people go swimming regularly. So therefore, it doesn't look like you're going into the water for healing, and therefore, it's permitted on Shabbos. Now, what we see from this Gemara is something very, very important, and we'd like to spend a few minutes on that. Certain, a person cannot be taking any medication, can be doing a normal action, and that normal action is an action of healing, and that's forbidden on Shabbos. When we say one's not allowed to medicate on Shabbos, we don't only mean that you're not allowed to take medication on Shabbos, we mean you're not allowed to do an action that might heal a pain. That is forbidden. Of course, if you're Chayli Kalagov, that's a different story. If you're Chayli Misokin, that's a different story, Chas But we're talking about somebody who has a mechus balma, he has a slight earache, a slight headache, touch, a touch of a cold, a bit of a cold, the usual day, everyday ailments, if you look around the room and went around a little bit further, you probably find most people are moaning and groaning about, especially in the winter, those types of ailments. What is one allowed to do anything to, take, to, to alleviate that from Shabbos? The Gemara seems to tell us that not just medicine can't be taken, even an action that would help that pain, that discomfort to be removed, is forbidden on Shabbos. It's forbidden on Shabbos. So, However, the Gemara also does give, gives up a little, little bit of an opening and a little bit of a way out. Because the Gemara says clearly that this gentleman who has Achzasay Dam, he's allowed to go into the river, allowed to go into the swimming pool in order to alleviate that discomfort. Because going into the swimming pool has a dual connotation. You can go into the swimming pool, healthy people go into the swimming pool. They go into the swimming pool to do exercise. They go into the swimming pool just to have a bit of fun, to have a, a water fight. They, there's many people who go into the swimming pools when they are absolutely healthy. So therefore, going into the swimming pool is not in itself an action of healing. It's not defined by itself as an action of healing. It's something which has healing properties to it, and something which is a normal thing for people to do. That type of thing is permitted on Shabbos, even if I'm doing it for its medicinal purposes. Therefore, the Gemara says, this person is not sausage done is allowed to go into the river, allowed to go into the bath, allowed to go into the... because normal people do those types of things. And the fact that he's going in purely for medicine reasons doesn't bother us at all. So we have now a little bit of a, a get-out here for somebody who's unwell. We know that somebody who's unwell is not allowed to take medicine, but maybe there are some things that we can do to alleviate some pain. So, for example, the Mechaba tells us, is one allowed to w- bathe in hot water baths? Uh, in, in many years ago, there was uh, hot water baths in the Victorian times, hot water baths and salt baths were the the rage, and you would go around the country and they'd overeat, and they would suffer from all the ailments of overeating, and then they would uh, go and spend a few days in the spa 
in, in Harrogate and in these places where they had hot water baths, if you go to Harrogate, they've still got the hot water baths there. You can go to, you can't use them, but the, the pump and everything is still there to see. And they would spend days in these, in these hot water baths that are supposed to heal them from all these ailments. Fantastic. And that's so all. We have Metaveria, and we have the Yamagoggle. Anybody who has a skin problem, so off you go down to the Yamagoggle, and you shriek and shout from the pain of the salt, and then by the time you come out, you're feeling much better, and everything is good. So the Machaba tells us that on Shabbos, you're allowed to actually go into Metaveria, and you're allowed to go into the Yamagoggle. Maim Hayyakim Shiva Yamagoggle. You're allowed to go into the Yamagoggle. No problem at all, even though you're going in to heal the skin ailment, or some other condition. Gout, whatever it was. He used to go to these baths for gout. Anybody suffering from gout would offer you right, he would go to, to, to bathe in one of these uh, hot springs. Fantastic, and fantastic way of healing. But not only people who are not well would go, anybody who wanted to indulge themselves would also go. So therefore it's not in itself defined as an act of healing. It's just an act of indulgence. Sometimes it has healing properties to it, sometimes it doesn't. Somebody's not well, it'll heal them. If they're well, they'll go there for, just for the, for the sake of indulging. Therefore it says on the Chabad, there's no problem. On Shabbos to ease an ailment, to go into Chami Tiberia or into what he calls Mayim Hayyachim Shabiyam However, and this is where the however starts, that was only in the time of Chazal, where people who were well would spend time indulging themselves in the pleasures, in inverted commas, of hot water springs. Nowadays, the only people who go to hot water springs are people who need some type of food. And therefore, they have lots of things very clearly. Shlomo Zalman writes, and nowadays, where going to a hot water spring is, is 99% a medicine for medicine, medicinal purpose, not just for pleasure. Therefore, today, it's very clearly a act of report. Therefore, to go into Mesoveria, coming to Veria, or to Yamagogl, or any of these hot springs, etc., nowadays, would, would be us on Shabbos, because clearly, you're doing it for, for its report, not for the indulgence. However, where, where this would be very relevant, is another halakha that the Shulchan Aruch tells us. The Shulchan Aruch tells us that it's forbidden on Shabbos for somebody who suffers from a stomachache. Somebody who has a stomach ailment, it's forbidden to take a, what in those days would be a glass bottle full of hot water. Uh, they would take a glass cup, fill it with hot water, and use that as a means of heat. And putting heat around the stomach area when one's suffering from stomachache seems to be a way of healing and easing the pain. So now the Shulchan Aruch actually says that's forbidden to do that. It's forbidden to do it on Shabbos, and it's forbidden to do it during the week as well, says the Shulchan Aruch. Nothing to do with Shabbos, because it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. Glass with a, a keli with hot water in it is just simply dangerous. And that's the Shulchan Aruch says, Misat because of the danger of allowing hot water close to your body, that's forbidden. Nowadays, where hot water bottles are perfectly safe, that will be absolutely fine. So today, if somebody has a stomachache, and I uh, wish you all well, if somebody does have a stomachache, what they do, they go make themselves a hot water bottle, and they hold the hot water bottle on the stomach, and, and voila, and you're suddenly better. So, holding a hot water bottle on the stomach is absolutely fine. Would one be allowed to make a hot water bottle on Shabbos, and hold the hot water bottle against oneself, against one's stomach, or whatever, on Shabbos, to, heat, to, to ease slight pain? The person's got a, a pain in the leg, and he puts a hot water bottle on the on his foot so that the pain should ease. Is that permitted? Is that forbidden? Now here we come to an example of what Chazal would say it's an action that in itself does not define it as a medicine action. It's not an action of a Many people use hot water bottles 
24 hours a day. Many people go to bed every night with hot water bottles, freezing cold in the winter. And the heating is very, very expensive. Has to shun the heating on a night, can't breathe, and you put a hot water bottle in your bed. And then you warm up for the first hour, and then hopefully when you're sleeping, you won't even notice it's cold. Uh, many people have hot water bottles. Some people are so cold, they walk around hugging hot water bottles because it's so cold. Hot water bottles are the norm. If it's the norm, then on Shabbos, one's allowed to carry, or not carry in the street, but one's allowed to walk around the home with a hot water bottle, even if the reason why you're doing it is purely to ease a pain. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. So here we have a case of an action which is being done purely for a poor, but perfectly permitted. It's perfectly permitted because it has, in itself, it has a double purpose. And when it has a double purpose, Refuah, non-refuah, and it's permitted. The same question, which is not so much in, in vogue today, but it was about 20 years ago, um, electric blankets. Electric blankets was, was a very much a uh, uh, fashionable item many years ago. I don't know if you can buy them, can you buy them still? In, uh, you still buy them? So electric blankets, when it comes to Shabbos, is not itself not also, it's not Moksha. The blanket is a blanket. A blanket is perfectly permitted. You're allowed to use a blanket as a blanket. Many people use an electric blanket with the electricity off. You just use it as a blanket. So it has the purpose of being used as a blanket. It's also used when the electricity is on to, to heat, to, to warm you up. And if something's done well, it's a nice thing to wrap yourself in a blanket. And uh, the, the heat will, will help you, hopefully help you recover a little bit. Shabbos is not muksa because a blanket's a blanket. That's fine. And the electricity is not hot enough to be considered fire. It's only a very, very low heat. So it's not hot enough to be considered a fire. The fact that it's attached to the wall doesn't bother us. So therefore, on Shabbos, there's no problem in going to bed with an electric blanket. Therefore, if you want to go to bed with an electric blanket because you have a stomachache or a pain in your leg, etc., etc., and the heat of the blanket, the heat in the bed, is, is therapeutic and somehow eases that pain, absolutely permitted. No, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Even in the middle of the summer? Even in the middle of the summer. Yes. I know people who go to bed with a hot water bottle 365 days a year. And I'm sure you do too. I think if it gets to 30 degrees, then we're going to come back to the moment yet. Yeah. We'll talk about whiskey in a moment. Okay, so we'll go on to whiskey. I didn't know you were a whiskey drinker. Somebody has a toothache or an ulcer, a pain in, a pain in their mouth. So, a pain in your mouth is uh, a mechash. It's not dangerous uh, unless you have a very, very low pain threshold. It's not going to make you a chodekolaguf. You're going to be absolutely fine. You're going to function normally. You just have, you have a discomfort in your mouth. So, you want to ease some of that discomfort. So, therefore, to take some whiskey or wine or vinegar and wash your mouth around with it and spit it out, completely awesome. Awesome. Because you're doing an action which is only an action. Who spits out whiskey, right? If you've got whiskey in your mouth, you don't spit it out. You drink it. If you're spitting it out, and very clearly, you're the reason why you put it in your mouth before. It's alcohol to kill off the the. Uh, it doesn't actually work. But it doesn't matter. Kill off the uh, ulcer, ease the pain a little bit, etc., etc. That is awesome. That's awesome. However, if you drink a cup of whiskey or a small amount of whiskey, in order to ease an ulcer that's in your mouth or a bit of a sore throat. Nothing wrong with that. There's many healthy, in inverted commas, people who like to drink whiskey. 
Whiskey has become the norm. You go to Shon Zacha nowadays, whiskey is whiskey, whiskey is one cup, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 pounds a bottle. And they go through it like water. I don't know where we get the money from this part of the world. Our schools are crying out. Just, I think if we just took all the whiskeys on Shon Zacha and bartered them, would, would manage to, to fill the deficit of all the schools. But they drink whiskey. Whiskey is definitely a big norm thing to drink. Perfectly normal. That if, you, if you drink a cup of whiskey in order just to ease a ailment, a pain that's in your mouth, absolutely permitted. Because any action that's normal, normal eating is normal, normal people do it, in inverted commas, that's fine. That's not a problem of refor. Can one gargle? Can one gargle? Is one, let's go slowly. Is one allowed to leave it in one's mouth? So you take a cup of whiskey and you roll it around your mouth. Mm-hmm. Roll it around your mouth. That's going to stay in your mouth a bit longer and that's going to ease the ulcer a little bit better. It's going to, it's going to hopefully it'll do the job a bit better. So it comes on with high and he understood how to drink wine and how to drink whiskey. And he said, normal people, when they drink wine and they drink whiskey, they roll it around the mouth. You're not supposed to just throw it down. That's really uh, uncultured, and uh, it's only, only the uh, beer you're supposed to throw around your mouth, but not the whiskey and not wine. You've got to roll it around and, and really savor the flavors of, I don't know what they have in the, in the bottle, all different flavors, right? Imaginary flavors, but it doesn't matter. But you roll it around your mouth. So that says, hi, Odom. If I have an ulcer, I shouldn't have an ulcer, but if anybody has an ulcer, they can take a cup of whiskey, roll it around the mouth, no problem, because that's the normal thing to do. You can roll it and roll it and roll it until your, your ulcer is completely numb, and then you drink it. You can't spit it out. You spit it out, that's your food. You drink it, that's fine. That's fine. Are you allowed to gargle on Shabbos with whiskey, etc.? Are you allowed to gargle? Now, gargling is not a normal thing to do with whiskey or wine. You roll it around your mouth, but you don't gargle. That's really a little bit more complex. The Shavuot tells us that ideally you shouldn't gargle because that's more of an action of refuah than an action of drinking. But if one really needs to and it really helps and soothes, then even gargling, there's a room to be made. So are you clear about the whiskey? You should never need to drink whiskey on a Friday night Shabbos. Drinking normal foods, which takes us on to the next level, the next stage, which is something we touched upon just now with the whiskey. But drinking normal foods for a healing property that the food has is also permitted in Shabbos. No reason, no different to drinking the whiskey. So, for example, if somebody drank too much whiskey because he had an ulcer, and then he has a bit of an overhang, hangover, a bit of a hangover, and they say that black coffee is very good for a hangover, so he's got a banging headache and he's really feeling down the dumps because he's had a little bit too much whiskey only because he had an ulcer. So, can he take a black coffee? No problem at all. Black coffee is a normal food. Normal food is permitted to be eaten even if you're eating it for a... for the purpose of refor... for a purpose of refor. Yes. Um, what? what are cranberries, yeah? Cranberries. Yeah. You can drink cranberry juice. Why not? Perfectly normal food. Perfectly normal food. You can drink cranberry juice as well. Drink cranberry juice as well. Perfectly normal food. Drink pomegranate juice, whatever they may call now. Anything that is all perfectly normal. That's really a, a more of a medicine than a. 
Do you? Yeah. 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 We want to get my hospital because I don't remember where it was. It's a music street. I had a fisherman friend on me. She put it in her mouth and she spat it out after doing it. She's not Danish. <laughs> if you want to use it for a coffee, you can't have it. If you want to use? If you want to have it because you have a coffee, you can't use it. Uh, it's a question is, well, the question is, is a fisherman friend a normal food, normal sweet, or is it just a lozenge? Yeah, it's a lozenge. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you, you, you're a wonderful person, but you're only one person, and, and we have to go after the majority here. Now, we'll come in a moment to take a fisherman's friend when you're healthy, that's fine. That's fine. You can drink pan- eat panadols when you're healthy. That's fine. We'll see that in a moment. I wouldn't advise it. But our question is, are you allowed to take a fisherman's friend when you have a sore throat? Do enough people eat, eat, eat fisherman's friends when they're healthy and healthy well? You also do. Is that not Everybody eats fisherman's friend in Denmark? Really? Energy one. Yes. Really. I only had fisherman's friend when I had a sore throat. I, I don't decide, uh, I'm not the deciding factor here of what's called normal or what's not. As much as I'd love to be, but I'm not. Uh, the decisive fact that always works by the majority. So, uh, if you took a census on Rebbe Google and asked them, do normal people eat fishermen's friends? And if they say lots of people do, then that can be considered normal. Then go to drinking coffee if you're tired. Nothing wrong with drinking coffee if you're tired. On Shabbos. Because coffee is a perfectly normal thing to drink. Taking medication to stop you being tired could be a problem. Because being tired is. Uh, type of an illness, it's not illness, but it's the body's not in its current condition, and to take medication for that may be a problem, but to drink coffee is absolutely fine. And lemon and honey is fine. Lemon and honey and tea is absolutely fine. No problem. Really? Yes. There's so many people in the world that drink tea when they're well, so probably. I'm not sure. Probably. I'm sure it's fine. I personally don't take fishing from the shop because uh, I, I never dreamt that people eat them as a street. One bites off the minces. Very, very strong minces. Why fish and friends? So, so too, as we just mentioned a moment ago, if you want to eat some medication which is not normal for perfectly but you actually find you have nothing wrong with you you just happen to, be, to like fish and friends in the event comes or any type of medication that's fine if you happen to like Panadol and you just eat Panadol as a snack then that's absolutely fine I just, uh, just give you a, a warning which is not written on the package I used to have a very good friend many years ago unfortunately he was Nick from uh, liver cancer but uh, we, we had a liver transplant we had two liver transplants and he never recovered from the second one so after his first liver transplant, he used to go every day, I used to go to him. Uh, and one day there's a new, a new guy comes into the ward opposite, into the bed opposite him in the ward. So I asked him, I said, well, what's he doing here? He said, oh, no, 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 19, 18, 19 year old. I said, well, so he said, what's the matter with him? So he looked at me and he laughed. He said, he's a Geordie and he couldn't read the instructions on the Panadol packet. He had a headache and he took a whole packet and completely damaged his liver. So I'm giving you a warning, please do not take more than the 
he suggested don't dose it dangerous. But as an example, if the person likes eating Panadol and they're not dangerous, then you can take a shot as many Panadols as you like. There's no problem there. That's well, not the... So we'll come to that in a moment, yeah. We'll come to that in a moment. Yes. 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 Ginger's very good for cold. Is, is ginger a normal fruit? It's a normal yeah, fruit. Well, normally only has cold ginger when one's not well. Is that true? Well, no, okay. Now you can use it fine. You can use it. You can use it. It's the same thing. If ginger is a, a considered a normal food, I am not much in the kitchen. I must apologise. I don't spend much of my time in the kitchen. So I don't know. Depends where you are. If, if, if it's normal, normal for society that you're in, no, for society, then it doesn't matter what you what you do. If society will eat it as a normal food, it's perfectly normal. But today, society is everywhere. There's no such thing as society. Unless you live somewhere in, in, in uh, the Bahamas, uh, even there, even unless you live somewhere in the back, back end of India, uh, wherever it happens in France, uh, you know, the French know that we all drink tea, right? So this Shabbos, I've become an Englishman. What's not the end of the world? I mean, we don't drink much lemon tea in this country, but we do. In Russia, they drink lots of lemon tea here. We drink it only uh, uh, sometimes. It's considered a normal food. Taking food, taking medication to, to strengthen one's immune system or things like that, the Mognavron says is also considered medicine. So you're actually healthy, but you want to strengthen your immune system, meaning there's something slightly wrong. The immune system isn't acting as it should. You want to strengthen the immune system, which is what we all do with it uh, right throughout the, the winter, is also considered. Is also considered before, which brings us to the problem of vitamins. Can one take vitamins on Shabbos? Can one not take vitamins on Shabbos? So most vitamins are taken because one wants to prevent oneself from getting to a stage where one becomes not well. Which doesn't mean that you are actually unwell. Your immune system may be fine. But you're just giving the immune system a boost that it shouldn't move out of sync with your body and you should be okay. That type of vitamin is fine. So if you're actually healthy and there's nothing wrong with you and the doctor says take vitamin because it will stop you from becoming unhealthy, that's permitted. If a person is unwell, a person has a cold and he wants to take some of what's that, echinacea or something like that to, to ease the symptoms of the cold, that is also. So if a person is feeling a bit weak and you want to take vitamins to, give, to, to boost your, your, your strength or your system, that's also. But if you're healthy and taking vitamins, that's fine. That's fine. There's no problem with that at all. Sleeping pills. Is a, a big question in the, in the poskium. Is sleeping pill considered medication? Is, sleeping, is, is the not being able to sleep considered a illness or unwell? Is that considered being unwell or is it just a part, part of normal life? Uh, and therefore, can you take sleeping tablets? And uh, Shabbos is a huge discussion in the Paschim. But if somebody really feels that they're not going to be able to sleep, not sleeping can actually cause not very good things. So therefore, if one feels one can't sleep, even if it's not going to bring you to something detrimental, but it's enough to consider you, um, um, it's enough to consider it necessary for you to take something, and therefore we can take sleeping pills on Shabbos. Uh, you ask me what type of pills you take for sleeping? I'm not, not going to you. Say 
Not you. <laughs> no, but you. you and how does she sleep in? Not with a caffeine. No, ordinary. Ordinary candle. Yeah. Then that's no different than a sleeping pill. Then that would be that would be considered uh, fine. Lemon juice. Lemon juice is absolutely perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Lemon juice is fine. Yes. But that no, no, no that that, that is, is an illness. That's called a mafish. But you're taking it to ease a uh, pain, so that you can sleep. No. no, we're talking about we're saying that the lack of sleep itself, not being able to sleep itself, just not being able to sleep is not an illness. If somebody has a pain which is stopping them to sleep, that pain is an illness, and that can't be can't be taken on shabbos. Buy yourself a hot water blanket, or not a, a hot blanket. I don't think they work, but uh, is there a problem with pumping caffeine in it? No. It, it, there could be if you're somebody's overtired and they take these caffeine tablets. What do they call these caffeine tablets? You know, they, mm-hmm. when you shoot the bottom, used to used to throw them down like, instead of drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. What are they called? Mm-hmm. No, not because they're more because they're more um, they've got a name, little, little round tablets of caffeine. They're not healthy at all, but they, they give you a boost for, for a short while. That is, it could be a problem of, of, of Shabbos, being, being overtired and therefore you, you're not in, a, in the fit state. Take those tablets of Shabbos, give you a problem. To drink a, a cup of, of what they call Red Bull, drink a can of Red Bull, which is also very dangerous, but to just, uh, that's fine, because the whole world drinks Red Bull. You go to any garage and any shop, Red Bull is. is the, the name of the get name of the day. What is Red Bull? I've never tried it in my life, but they say it gives you a stimulate and wakes you up. It's something pretty dangerous. It's, uh, no, it's an energy drink. It's more than an energy drink. It's a, it's a stimulator. It stimulates and they're not very healthy. Too much of it is really, really not good for you. I'm not trying to, to teach you any negative habits here. Please, don't get me wrong. You can only take paracetamol if you are, so we'll come back to the moment, but if you, have, if you have any sort of pain, you can't take paracetamol. If you're healthy and fine, and that's what we're going to finish off with now. No, we haven't, we're not talking about regular medication that a person needs to take, we'll come back to that later. We're talking about healthy people who are absolutely fine, perfectly healthy, nothing wrong with them. We're not talking about people who have a condition, we're not talking about people who the condition might get worse. We will discuss that. Today we're talking about 100% healthy people, perfectly healthy people. Sometimes a healthy person gets a headache. Another person has a slight earache, has a slight cold. Are they allowed to medicate themselves? The answer is no, you can never take medication. You can do things which are normal. You can eat normal food, you can have a water bottle. Anything which is normal can be done. And, and in the reverse, and we'll finish off with this chiddush, because this is a, a, a very practical one. And for people who suffer, for instance, from heartburn, Friday night without kugel is terrible. We don't have kugel Friday night, but Friday night without kugel is absolutely terrible. It's like, they're not Jewish, you don't have kugel Friday night. But kugel brings heartburn. It's not the most uh, conducive food to, to eat. For some people, looking at kugel is enough to give them heartburn. So, what does one do? Once you have heartburn, there's not much you can do. Because you can drink a cup of milk if you're not meaty. Maybe, because drinking a cup of milk is a perfectly normal thing to do. It's a, it's a, a healthy people drink milk as well. But to take Rennie's or, 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 or Gaviscon or whatever it is, now you can't do a shampoo because that's medicine. However, a healthy person is allowed to take medicine if they're healthy. 
So no, if a healthy person frankly is drinking, eating a lozenger as a food, if a healthy person frankly is taking a Panadol as a food, that's fine. Therefore, we now have a little bit of a, a way out. If you're someone who knows that at the end of a Friday night meal, you're always going to get heartburn. Or if you're someone who knows that at the end of a, a, a Friday night serving 50 guests, you're definitely going to get a headache, then before you get a headache, or before you eaten the food and therefore you're going to get the heartburn, take the medicine. You can take the medicine then, because then you're not doing it for medicinal purposes. It's not considered a medicine if you're healthy. Eating medicine when you're healthy is fine. It might help you not become unwell. Helping you not to become unwell is not called medicine. It's called eating bonkers food. But today we eat bonkers food. We eat sushi. We eat bonkers things. So some some eat uh, Panadol. There's nothing wrong with that. It's only also when you are in a state of being unwell. When you say to being unwell, that's when it's also. So I think just to recap, medicine is also for an unwell person. We're talking about slightly unwell, not seriously unwell, not a cholesterol group, just somebody who's discomfort, a, a slight pain. Medicine is also an action which will ease that pain is also anything that will will directly affect and ease the pain is completely also something which has a double personality to it. It's got the, the ability to be a normal, normal action or a medicine, medicinal action as well is permitted. You'd have to jump into the to a hot water bath, into the hot water bath, etc., etc. Anything that, that can have a dual purpose is permitted in the Shabbos, even if you're doing it for the medicine reason. Nothing wrong with that. Eating normal food, which is going to enable you to ease an ailment, is perfectly permitted, as long as it's a normal food. Taking a medicine in a situation of ailment is also Taking a medicine in a situation when you're perfectly healthy, even if it's going to prevent a ailment from occurring a bit later, is also perfectly permitted. And that's the sum total of what we've learned tonight, in short. And it's a very practical. We'll re- we will do Chazar Vinayda in four weeks' time, and we'll move on. There's a lot of practicality we need to get through in, in the Hussle's report on Shabbos. An enormous amount of practicality. And instead of having to go to bed with a headache, maybe sometimes you can find ways around it which are perfectly permitted. And better than we'll try and cover as much as we can in the coming weeks. I apologize, I have to finish so early. I do really need to run. <laughs>